Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the wonderful Wheel of Life and another international transmission of You Can't See Us with Starfire and Charlie. We're back, bitches. We're back from the Animal House in the Little D, Denton, Texas. Go to the Facebook to see a exclusive picture from today's show. Ah, so today you can see us. Well, you can't see us. You can just see the studio. You can see... I did post some pictures of, well, of you guys. You can't see me. Okay. But they can see us. Sure. Grady's an Instagram ninja. (laughs) All right, but um, so... Russian scientists 95% sure that the Yeti exists in Siberia. So what kind of proof do they have on this? I've I've only heard headlines from this story. I have not read the story. I think they did hair samples and all sorts of stuff. There's one of the ladies who lives out there, and she claims that there's like a family of five of them that live like nearby her house, but she has... Not produced any pictures of it or anything like this that. This is in Siberia. Yeah. Her neighbors. She's yeah. got a family yeah. of Yeti yeah, that you are know? her neighbors. So it's a really nice neighborhood. Uh, not a lot of people, but a couple Yetis, you know. Right. Go down there and borrow a cup of sugar <laughs> yeah, from them. When you right. <laughs> the kids are nice. They, you know, they uh, water her dog and don't eat it when she's out of town. And right. Go water for, her dog. Go shoot some hoops Feed down her dog. At, at the Yeti's house. Yeah, man. A little barbecue. That's interesting. Well, so, but but there's no proof of this. It's just hearsay. I I guess so. I, I don't know. He- I mean, that's not scientific at all. That is entirely circumstantial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but mean, it's still it's good enough for me. It's pseudo scientific. So, where did they come up with the number ninety five percent? That I don't know either. I've done assuredness. I've done no research on this except listen to other people talk about it. Like, if I was going to pull a statistic out of my ass, it would be 50%. I think it was from DNA. It may exist, it may not. I don't know. They're 95, the DNA uh, testing came out 95% sure that it was no known animal and that it was ape like or something or human like. Really? Yeah. Who found these samples? I think several, you know, people produce samples. Throughout Siberia, there right. are, are various samples. Yeah. And it's no known animal, and it's not human. Yeah. But it's similar to a human. Therefore, Yeti. That's interesting, man. Well, it's the hair samples that they did, the, you know, it was Yeti hair. So what about, like, no, no photos, though, or anything of them? I don't. I mean, I haven't researched it much either. Yeah, if there were photos, I I think uh, if you can throw out ninety five percent, then you could be like, we're a hundred and ten percent sure because of this photo. Well, but photo. I mean, photos can be easily. Fixed. Yeah, especially. I guess you know, there's probably not a lot of people with Photoshop in Siberia. Well, what I mean, you got to have a nice computer if you're going to live in Siberia, right? I don't know. You think they have like iPhones there? You think they got the new iPhone in Siberia? As, so long as you don't live in the uh, North Korean slave camp, then I think, <laughs> right. I think you're all right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, that's a real good Those point. Those people probably don't have shit. Poor motherfuckers. Rice. <laughs> They're just eating rice all day. Living in Siberia thinking it's North Korea. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Jeez, what an existence, man. Yeah. <laughs> what a bummer. I don't even pity them. That shit goes on in, on this planet that we live on. Like, for instance, here's another thing that goes on. 
in Syria, a British guy and a Syrian guy a couple of days ago were sentenced to death for having three quarters of an ounce of marijuana. Now, how fucked up is that? They had a plant, and they're being sentenced to death because of it. And this is in Syria. Syria. Wow. So I talked to my. I was talking to my dad about it. He was like, "Well, are you going to cancel your Syrian tour?" And I was like, "Yeah, we're never playing Syria again." No, fuck that. Per your concern, really. Right. Yeah. yeah. Syria is is not the place to go. To all of our fans who are listening in Syria right now, uh, we're sorry. Yeah. Could you apologies. imagine playing a bar in Syria or something? Do they have bars in Syria? I have no idea. I mean, if they sentence people to a death sentence... Yeah, they might not have bars. Just for some grass, man. That's pretty heavy. But, you know, like, so I wonder what people here think about that. You know, people who are for, like, sending people to jail for having weed. You know, it's like, that's not a whole lot different. You're still fucking up somebody's life, you know? You may may not kill them, but you're still, like, ruining their life just for having a plant, you know? Right. It's It's fucking crazy. It is. And then, you know, people talk about uh, governments and how money is wasted and shit for governments. Well, a shit ton of it is waste. Public money is wasted on incarcerating people for having, you know, some grass. I mean, that's bullshit. Yeah. It's nutty. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make a fucking bit of sense at all. Don't you think most of those people, I think a lot of people who want like anti-drug or specifically anti-marijuana legislation... Think of it as the gateway drug, and that's the problem. Or the or the things that are going on in Mexico, the drug trade, that sort of stuff is like, well, it's not an innocent crime. They have so many different excuses. That it they, would end the the drug trade right. in Mexico. This, well, sure, this is the sure. thing they've tried it's ever since they criminalized it. You know, a hundred years ago, that back then it was Mexicans are using it and they they'll go crazy and they'll kill you. You know, that's why we call it marijuana because that the media associated in America associated that term with Mexicans. You know, before that it was called cannabis. And so whenever they wanted to criminalize it, so they do that, they say everything uh that it's going to make you crazy. Well, then people smoke it and they're like, "Hey, I'm not crazy." So then they have to come up with another lie, you know, and they say, "Well, it's going to fry your brain." You know, or whatever. It's it's mm-hmm. going to get Kids doing it. Well, kids didn't do it. It didn't fry anybody's brain. You know, it doesn't kill you. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, but they have to keep coming up with lies to can, to demonize it and to tell people that it's bad. Exactly. I, that was very well put, Starfire. Thank you. I've I've researched a lot of this. I wrote a bunch of papers uh, when I was in college about it, and I got bad grades on them. <laughs> <laughs> but I was serious about it, man, because it's. I think it's an important matter. There's so many people who are put in jail for Everybody does it. You know? Yeah. It's ridiculous. You know what? I learned, I, I forgot a lot of the people that are on this list, but there was a list that came out of top, like people who you wouldn't think were for the legalization of marijuana and, and you know, donate money to the causes and shit like that. One of my favorite ones is the dude, the CEO or the owner, the, the, founder of men's warehouse the guy in the commercials is like George zimmer yeah you're gonna <laughs> like the way you look i guarantee you he spent he put so much money towards the legalization wow. of marijuana you so know he's probably in the back of that car really just smoking a joint and he's just like you're gonna like the way you look you know I who another one it. is that you probably wouldn't expect is rick steves the travel guy on pbs that goes to europe oh yeah 
He's he's Canadian and he's very outspoken about medical marijuana. And Carl Sagan was too. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people out there, man. That it, and it'll it'll probably happen. It'll probably happen in our lifetime. It's already happening in certain states. It's kind of slow, incrementally getting in. Which you know, it may not be a bad idea to do it incrementally. Well, that's you know how what I that's mean? how it was outlawed was state by state, right? You know, and I forget the guy's name. It it might have been the same guy who was in. Uh, the propaganda guy for prohibition yeah. that went around saying, you know, just basically convincing people of these lies. And it also and had a lot to do with state. paper companies and hemp and shit like that. You were clothing, yeah. cotton and, you know. Well, and that's a big reason why it's still illegal right. is because pharmaceutical companies, uh, the private corporations that own prisons, you know, and pay for these, they get money from the state for every prisoner that's in there for a little bag of weed, you know. Right. So it's much, even dealers, there's a documentary, uh, I think it's called The Union. Yeah. I could be wrong about that. There's a documentary where they talk about, they talk to like growers and dealers and they say, you know, there's some risk in it, but the, the money is worth it for a lot of these people. And if it was legal, the money would go down a lot because it's, because it's illegal, it's so expensive. Right, it's yeah. a, lot to, a lot of times it's worth more than gold, you know, depending on yeah. what you're buying. And also, it's the same thing with, like, alcohol was. It was really expensive in, you mm-hmm, know, exactly. in, during Prohibition. It's, it, prohibition doesn't work, you know, and it's, it's been proven time and time again. But it's big money, man. They're keeping us down. Been, Fuck the man. That's right. I don't know. Um, I feel like I've heard it said uh, where... Someone's like, well, if you're going to legalize that, where are you going to draw the line kind of thing? And what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, okay, I'll tell you. People talk about doing drugs and they include marijuana in there. I don't, I don't include that as a drug, really. I mean, unless you... Include caffeine as a drug and include, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's more of a drug along in that way to me. Right. It can't, no one has ever died from smoking too much marijuana. You know, it just, it doesn't happen. It's never happened. Like, you can have too much cocaine and die. You can have too much heroin and die. You can have too much water and die. Alcohol? Yeah, alcohol. You, you, could, you could probably have too much marijuana smoke. There's the, this, one of the statistics right. that the government loves is that uh, monkeys died from it in some research, that monkeys died from smoking pot. Well, they made a monkey smoke 63 joints in like a matter of hours with a gas mask on, and he suffocated. You know, I mean, that's not science right yeah. there. That's just killing a monkey. <laughs> it is. It's just like killing a fucking monkey for no reason at all. Yeah, I mean, you could do that with oxygen, you know. Right. I don't know why I laughed, but yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's just killing a monkey. Ha, 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 ha. Well, it, it's no, fucked I, up that that's their statistic right. no, that a lot of people still reference. You know? Still, it's, it does sound a little funny even saying it again. That's just killing a monkey. <laughs> that's a good punchline. And I'm going to do, do a comedy bit. Uh, a bun- a series of jokes that that'll be and, like your get her done. Yeah, <laughs> and that's just killing a monkey, folks.
So where are you guys going with the uh, boxcar tour? Where all are you headed? Like a Southwest thing. Now we're doing uh, the Blue Light with the Charlie Shafter Band. I don't know if you're familiar with their work, but... Okay, yeah. yeah. We're gonna I've op- heard of them. We're going to open for uh, us. Charlie Chaffner? Charlie Schaffner. I think that's it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty sure that's it. I, it it's, I think he's related to Charlize Theron. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's a about. beautiful man. <laughs> All right, so you're so doing that That's on, on Friday. Friday and at, then, at the Blue Light. Yeah, Blue Light. Are you Live. not doing Golden Light Thursday? Uh, we're, uh, I'm doing Golden Light with uh, you on, on but Thursday. But Boxcar isn't? No. We're going to be at the Golden Light the following Friday, like the uh, oh, okay. July 8th, uh, 7th. And so, yeah, we're doing like Albuquerque on Saturday night after, you know, you guys will be headed home, I guess, on the 30th. I feel like we have Sunday off, but we'll probably not take a day off. We'll probably go try and crash. Find a gig somewhere. Something. Yeah. We'll do something. At least an attempt to make some money or play some music or drink some beers. Cool. Free. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And then... um Monday, I think we're in Pagosa Springs, Colorado. Tuesday in Creed, Colorado. We're doing this thing for the 4th um, at this uh, Rio Grande National Forest in like southern uh, Colorado where it's like a 10 miles off paved road doing cool. uh, like at a, you know, it's a bunch of Texans trying to escape the heat, which I heard is not, <laughs> I think it's 100 degrees in, in Denver right now, actually, is what I heard. Um, so they're and it's snowing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow, that's that'll, that'll be interesting. To they're see. getting shit on up yeah. there. Shit on. Uh, <laughs> it's, so just cabins. Like the last time we went there, they just offered us cabin, just a cabin and a meal, and uh, that ended up being a one of the just through tips and merch we made kind of the best money we made all tour in a single gig. Well, this time they're even offering us some money and. Uh, so that'll be cool. That's for the fourth too. So sweet. It'll be nice to be out. Yeah, that sounds like that'll be a, off a the, fun deal. Off the grid for the fourth, and then start making our way back. You know, it's like Santa Fe, Taos, and then the Golden Light, and back home. Right, right on. on. Yeah, that's nice a, little week trip. That's gonna be good. Did you book that? No, uh, Rex, the mandolin player. He's the he's Texas the booking Rex. agent. See the brains of the operation. He's the something. <laughs> right on. Yeah, we should we should have Rex on the show. At some point. Oh, yeah, man. He's an interesting guy. This is the 50th podcast here. Holy oh, shit. shit. Ladies and gentlemen. We had so much planned, but I didn't... We did. We had a bunch of guests planned, and then I guess we double booked all of them, and so various ones of us told them not to come, and now we're left without any guests. And then... We didn't coordinate it very well. And then the one, uh, he slept in. <laughs> but... uh. <laughs> You know, I planned a bunch of stuff because I thought last week was the 50th too. And so I had all this stuff planned and then I got here and y'all were like, and I was like, yeah, 50th podcast. And y'all were like, well, it's, it's the 49th. <laughs> it's and, not really that special And so I just kind of... You threw all your notes away? Well, I, I, you know, I just kind of forgot about them and now and I left that notebook at home, you know, because I still use it. I'm old school. I use a tangible notebook. Right. Not a... Yeah. I call it my Palm Pilot. I've got, I've got one of those. Oh, you got a, oh, yeah. That's pretty old school as well. Well, it's just a, a notepad with a pencil. Okay. And then how do you how do you remember it? Do you tweet it to yourself or uh you know, I just look back at that piece of paper every now and then. Hmm. You know, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, it's a new technology that they're uh starting to come out with. Is it a big chief pad? 
No, it's a tiny little yellow notebook. I, I, don't, right. I don't have it with me right now. Do they have a little chief, big chief pad? You could market that, Grady Don. Grady Don's little chief, big chief notebook. <laughs> <laughs> All right, commercial coming soon, folks. Yeah. We're going to be selling those along with the t-shirts that we have for sale. And uh, we're, we've got a new CD that's coming out. Yep, we're order- they should be here within a week and a half or so. This is exciting. Yeah. This is an exciting time for us. Yeah. So if you listen to the podcast and you come out to a show, request a CD. We'll let you buy a CD before they have actually been officially released. Yeah. So before you Not can get it. Not this weekend, though. Before you can get it in stores, you can get it. But they should come. Charlie Shaft. They, they could come get a podcast t shirt this week. Yeah. So we're, what are we doing? We're doing Thursday at the Golden Light. And then Friday at Blue Light. Friday at the Blue Light, we're actually, it's kind of an outdoor festival type situation now. Okay, cool. Out back at the Blue Light. So it's going to be Boxcar, then us, then the Dirty River Boys. Whoa. That sounds exciting. Yeah, so it's, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. I'm going to wear some shorts. You better not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cold been going on well we've got uh hillary i guess has located his steel guitar oh yeah i heard about that so they got their gear back i don't know how so we should call and try to uh find out how yeah let's give hillary a call and get the lowdown on this hello hillary hey what's up dude how's it going pretty good how are you guys we're doing great. We are doing well. We've got you here on the You Can't See Us podcast. What? Uh, right. What's the All word? Right. So we've heard that you've uh, you've located your gear, and we want to know the full story. The listeners want to know the full story. Well, <clears throat> let me tell you and your listeners something. It's a bona fide Christmas miracle. Right on. I, uh, I've never heard of never heard of anything like this happening. Uh, I mean, basically, the way it all went down is Max was pretty much trying to spearhead everything, and he got a great lead on some stuff. He, you know, basically he found the... I think I talked to you guys last week about a pawn shop having encountered our gear at a certain point. Right, you said um, something had possibly turned up. Yes, well, the base... When I when I said that, I was I was right. The base did turn up. And that, it was, that was... The, the day that I talked to you guys was the day that uh, the, the thieves brought the stuff into a pawn shop. The story the pawn shop gave us was that they, uh, you know, went, they saw the gear, saw the name Max Stalling spray painted over half the stuff and went and Googled it and found our Facebook post, 
came in, came came back out and in a fit of righteous anger, chased them out of the pawn shop and somehow the base got left behind or something like that, which is total bullshit after we totally put it all together. The the I don't want the pawn shop is totally somehow involved. We don't we don't know exactly Whoa. how it's it's very the the pawn shop is dirty, no doubt about it. Um and this is a pawn shop that will gladly take stolen gear? Yes. yes. Usually that, that's the that's that's what we picked up from it. I mean, because what they what they told us really didn't all add up. I mean there was a but I'm 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 getting ahead of myself a little bit. I mean the guy the guy who's really responsible for finding our stuff is this detective out of the Garland Police Department, uh named Clint. Uh, we actually on Max's Facebook. There's a, a video of, of him and Max chatting about it. He he spent. He basically saw our Facebook post once again. Social network comes to the rescue. Yeah, that's great. Saw our Facebook post and you know just decided that he would take it upon himself to find our stuff. And he he spent like three and a half days tracking it down. And then he brought all our gear to our show on in in uh, in Tyler on Saturday. That's some real. That's detective. amazing. That's some real detective work right there. Let me tell you, man. I got to hang out with this guy and have a couple beers with him, and just kind of we just kind of let him tell us some of the stuff he had done. It was unbelievable. I mean, this guy is completely fearless. I, I've never. I mean, it it literally sounded like you know stuff you would see on The Wire or something like that. I mean, he you know he started with that first lead, and basically everybody he encountered talk to him you know and i mean he's he's in southeast dallas going through he's just taking know. notes he's uh i'm picturing more along the lines of have you ever seen that movie man on fire with denzel washington yeah. uh-huh. that's kind of what i'm picturing <laughs> <Yeah>. okay <laughs> did he look like denzel well, um a lot like denzel except he was white and a little shorter than me and had a, real <laughs> furrowed, uh, a real furrowed brow um anyway i mean this, this dude like I mean, it was a little bit of everything, honestly. I mean, he would he staked out. I think he like staked out two or three different places where he literally just sat in his yes. in his car in his plain clothes, you know, and just eating Chinese takeout vehicles. Right, exactly. Wow. And I, and you know, the, he told me stories about like the one one story he told that was pretty funny was he he got a address of where this guy who supposedly took our stuff was was hanging out, and he drives by and he sees three dudes sitting on the on the porch, who you know, they all kind of fit the description of this guy. I don't really know. Uh, I think it was something along the lines of you know, shaved head, white beater, you know, right. Mexican guy. I mean, Thief. that was the description they had. So they're all sitting there, and they all look just like that. And so he just yells the guy's name out, and the dude stands up and walks over to the car, and he's like, "How'd you know my name, man?" And he's like, "Well, you're the one who stood up." <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. so I mean, it was just like stuff like that. I mean, I don't know, craziness. Uh, you know, he's basically the dude is one of the most fearless people I've ever encountered. I mean, it was un- unbelievable. I mean, the, the stuff ended up, our, our gear ended up moving like to three different places and he followed it all around South Dallas. He walked into places that I would never in my, in my life walk into, you know. These He'd get a lead just... at the house and literally just walk in the garage and start digging through the stuff. Wow. I mean, this, this dude's insane, straight up insane. But he found our stuff for us. And my steel guitar was still freaking in tune. I couldn't believe it. That's amazing. They didn't know what to do with that shit. They were like, uh, upright bass, puddle steel. Fuck. What do we do with this shit? <laughs> all they, all they knew, all they knew it was good for was trading it for crack, which they did. They traded it for like crack, and then the crack dealer sold all of it to 
another guy for three hundred dollars, and wow, we I, we ended up claiming it from that guy. So, wow. So, did anybody get arrested or anything like that? The the first person that actually stole it. I really don't think so. Um, and and you know, there's some there's some strange moral ground being crossed here because I mean, the guy, the detective, definitely was out of his jurisdiction uh, jurisdiction and like yeah. doing things that you don't that I don't think you're supposed to do what he was doing right um but he he didn't whenever we would ask, we asked him about that we were like hey man can we can we talk about this can we tell people what you did and he's like yeah I don't care he didn't seem to I mean it seemed like he's very comfortable doing this stuff that obviously is not sounds like he just did his job you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just... I mean he he knew that he wasn't going to have to defend a court case about it he just wanted yeah. to get his stuff back I mean the stuff he did is definitely not going to hold much legal ground. He just wanted to get our stuff, you know, ownership yeah. and all that. So, I mean... That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's totally a Christmas miracle. So, how much crack do you think all that stuff was worth? Well, enough to go on a three-day bender. That's the funny number that kept coming up. Every time, every time we try and find somebody who wouldn't turn up, uh, or he would, I, I say we, but anytime he was trying to track somebody down and they just weren't turning up, the story was always... Oh man, he's he's uh, he's uh, he's on crack. He's he's been on crack for three days. Like that's the that's like either the minimum amount of time that you can do crack. I don't know. It's like everybody was on a three day bender. So maybe that's like they sell crack in, in three day units. I don't know. I've never tried to buy crack, but, but I guess it got him three days worth of crack. Well, so, Jesus. I don't, know, I don't know how much that is. Wow, that's and that's interesting. We spoke a little bit on the phone the other day because I was so curious about this early, but. Um, it sounded like when he found that initial guy who had stolen it, he basically used some leverage that that guy was had been in trouble with the law recently and was on parole. Yeah, and, that's right. And basically used that to get him to roll over on everyone else, like basically being like, well, I don't care. I, you know, I, I realize you don't have it. If the guy, the next guy I go to doesn't have it, if I don't find it, you're, I'm still taking you back to jail. So that's... That's like a huge yeah. amount of leverage right there because yeah. that means yeah, that guy is, go he, is going to help. Yeah, he got that guy to help him out big time. I mean, he was very, he must have been real persuasive because, I mean, that the guy that initially stole it, you know, it was out of his possession pretty quickly. But he was on the phone with Clint, the detective, like every day until Clint found the stuff, just basically saying, hey, man, I'm doing my best to find the stuff for you. Have you found it yet? Please don't take me to jail. You know, yeah, uh, kind of thing. I mean, I yeah, the way the, I mean, within an hour of of Clint getting on the case, he had been to the dude's house, talked to his mother, talked to his girlfriend, and you know had his whole uh, case pulled up, and you know knew knew his parole officer personally, and so he called the dude and left him a voice message saying, uh, you know, I talked to your mom. First name, middle name, last name, goes at this address, works here, and your girlfriend, blah, 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 uh, you know. And your you P.O. And your, and your parole officer, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so you took the wrong stuff, I need it back, you call me back right now, I'm going to pop you. And the dude called him back a couple hours later, and that's how it all kind of got rolling. That is great, man. So yep. that guy, the guy who initially stole it, ended up playing a big part in getting it all back, so no, <laughs> no, he, he didn't arrest him, and... Everybody that he encountered along this crazy journey, I mean, everybody was dirty. I mean, there was nobody there. I mean, like, there was one woman who was involved who, her name kept coming back from everybody as Michelle. And 
he's so he's hunting down Michelle and can't seem to find her. Uh, turns out he, he does find her, but her actual name is Cynthia. I, don't, don't tell me how he figures all this out. He just he, that just does it. But so he figures out her her name, finds her, talks to her, gets her to give him some information, then goes back to all these people that were telling him to look for Michelle. And he's like, oh, and by the way, you know, I found her. And by the way, her name's not Michelle. Thanks a lot for lying to me. And they're like, what? Her name's not Michelle. She's telling us her name is Michelle. You know, wow. so like everybody's lying to everybody. I mean, they're all on crack. They're all selling. And, this is great. I mean, was, so when when is the movie coming out? Have you guys sold the movie rights for this? And I'm I can't I, wait. Well, if Max hasn't already gotten a song put to paper, I'll be I'd be surprised. I mean, yeah. Max, you know, Max knows all the details much better than me because the whole time it was all happening, I was pretty much in the dark. I didn't know what was going on. Um, it was on Max a need was, to know basis at that point. Yeah, I think so. And plus, it was just so complicated that Max just kind of waited until the weekend uh, to tell us all about this stuff. And it ended up being, you know, really complicated. And and basically, the centerpiece of the whole thing is this cop who, you know, went way out of his way, you know, and spent a lot of his personal time, you know, his day off, like just pretty much staking out crack houses and looking for dudes that are obviously strapped and don't give a fuck you know it's, so maybe like bruce willis could play him in the movie i yeah bruce willis is yeah. probably a lot more maybe a lot more. He's a, maybe he's a younger though right late 30s. <laughs> uh, he's, a, he's a white dude in his late 30s probably so yeah maybe a younger younger bruce willis bruce willis's uh, son ashton kutcher okay perfect would be, would be better for <laughs> all right we're already putting all this together it's going to be a great movie folks it'll probably be out uh summer 2014 maybe well, summer 2014 yeah well, it's going to take a couple of years and Hillary, and then uh, I don't know if you if if you want to say it or whatever, but and and then where was it found? Can you will you talk a little bit about like it, uh, use whatever leave out whatever details you want, but like tell us about like where it was where the stuff was actually found because I found that to be really interesting anyway. Sure. The um, so kind of the the end game on all of this led Clint to a a ten acre basically a, a compound. It's the way he described it to us. Like it was a 10-acre fenced-in lot that was wooded, lots of trees, and several houses on it. And this just seemed like, I don't know, it seemed like something you'd find out in the country, the way he was describing it. You know, like a place, a family, you know, a family. I know lots of people that live on, you know, family plots or whatever. Yeah, and they, yeah. they you know, grandma lives in this house, and mom was in this. Right. It sounded like a place like that. You know, there's several broken-down cars and barns and but is in the middle of South Dallas. And uh, so he's getting all this information that's kind of telling him that this is where he needs to go. But everybody that is telling him about it is saying this guy's name, and they're all terrified of this guy. They're like, they're like, oh, man, I don't want anything to do with this. I'll, you, I'll tell you where it is and where you should go, but you don't tell him you talk to me. And, you know, everybody he's talking to is scared of this guy. And that's the only, the only person that they've shown any fear over out of all the gangbangers and crackheads he's encountered this is the only guy who seems to be really rattling people. So um, he he gets to, I mean, he basically, he just drives into the place. He stakes out this this front, this gas station that's like a front for, for crack selling and finds a girl who he was looking for, that girl Michelle, whose real name was Cynthia, yanks her out of the car and gets her to take him to this place. And so he just follows her there, gets out of the car, and it's like, where's the music equipment? And they just take him back into the back of this lot. I mean, it's in like a, a storage building, and it's all just sitting there in one spot. So 
I mean, it, it was pretty strange. I mean, the way they were talking about this guy, uh, you know, he's a known killer. You know, he's like the 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 way the cop described it. You know, he just kind of started shaking his head. and He's like, this dude is big in the game. He's like, this guy's. Everybody else was just kind of you know these low level low lives, but this guy is like in the game. So somehow this high higher level dude you ended up with it and. You know, who knows where it would have gone from there. I'm sure they were just holding on to it for a while before it cooled off and then they were going to sell it or something. But yeah, wow. it was it was pretty freaky. It was a story of, you know, them having recently chopped a woman's fingers off and burning her body. Like, that was, that was he kept hearing that story about this guy doing that to somebody. Shit. That's an incredible story. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, so he just, yeah, he finds the stuff, just puts it in his car and drives off like, and doesn't doesn't really it sounds like he didn't really even give anyone any time to to protest or no. or and probably these people have heard about him have been like hey there's a cop there's this crazy right. motherfucker out here looking looking for this shit. for this stuff and you know so be and uh when he shows up they're like oh you're the you're the guy all right here's the stuff that's, and yeah like, that sounds pretty accurate yeah wow man i mean I think I think uh, the biggest thing that was working on his side was the fact that everybody was dirty and everybody just wanted him to get out of the neighborhood. Yeah, I mean I, they don't want. They kept saying we don't want any heat around this house. We don't want any heat around here. You know. So and he's, you know, he's he's playing along with it all. You know. I mean he understands all that. You know he's been a cop for twenty years and you know he knows he knows what it means when they say that and he's you know he's speaking their language basically letting them know it's like yeah I, I get it and I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. As I get all this equipment, so just tell me where yeah. it is. Give me what I want. <laughs> and is he going? Yeah. Is he? Do you think he's going here like plain clothes, or is he? Or is he going like? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's he's plain clothes. He's a. I'm pretty sure he's plain clothes all the time. Okay. Kind of officer. Um. So yeah, I mean, he was rolling in. I think a few times he he just he told me he had his gun visible like in several situations because he knew they were armed. So he just was like, you know, I'm armed too. We're all on the same page. Buzz. We're all on the same page I here. <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think he was flashing his badge, but honestly, he wouldn't need to in that neighborhood. A white dude yeah. walking up in that neighborhood, being all forceful, telling people what to do, then he is. Yeah, sure. Wow, and it's just crazy that that the stuff made it all the way to some like top drug lord in Dallas. You <laughs> yeah, know? that lives in a compound. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's weird. What a journey. It makes me wonder if my lost retainer is there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many other stolen things end up in this fucking compound? They're first sold so, for crack and all this other shit. Oh, man, I used to have yeah, a really nice know. bike. I wonder if my yeah, bike is there. I thought you were going to say really nice retainer. <laughs> I was thinking, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a convertible bike. It was part retainer. It had a retainer attachment. It was one hell of a retainer. <laughs> it, was, it, was, I, uh, it was a it was a retainer that folded out into a three bedroom ranch house. <laughs> Jesus. Get a lot of so, crack for that. So you know, so all this kind of in my mind almost played out like an episode of The Wire. You know. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so I have uh, I have uh, decided to give my pedal steel a name after its long journey. And I think after the amount of time that it's been in crack houses, it deserves this name. So I named it after my favorite character on that show, Bubbles. Yeah, right Bubbles. Yeah, right on. If you see my, see my steel guitar, you can call it Bubbles. All right, that's awesome. That's a great name. That, that's you, you did well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad your stuff came back, man. Hell yeah, that's man. Incredible story. Thanks for Me sharing too. it with us. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Yeah, man. Well, 
we'll take care of her and don't leave her in the trailer anymore. And uh, we'll see you soon, man. Thanks so much for coming on. No problem. Take it easy, guys. There'll come a time when the world is level. There was a time when the mountains. So yeah, I think Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Do you think Max would play himself? I think the band should play themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe we can get Dwight Yoakam to play Max. See, that would be pretty badass. Yeah. All right, so Dwight Yoakam as Max Stalling. And you know we're gonna have to we're gonna have to Hollywood this up a little bit. So Dwight Yoakam, it's we're gonna play like actually Matt went along with him. To, Max went along with him to do all. Right. Of this. Yeah. You know yeah. Dwight's I mean? gonna be yeah. kicking in a lot of doors too. Yeah. Exactly. It's like men on fire. But Marky Mark's really really the the hero. Right. He's the, the hero thing. of the whole thing. Right. He's the main character. It's just another day for Marky Mark. Right. Exactly. You know. Just kicking down doors, tracking down pedal steels. It's right. just another day. And throughout the movie, they they come to learn a little bit of something about themselves. Max comes to learn that maybe it starts off where Max doesn't have much respect for police officers and, and stuff like that. And you, you know what I mean? And then Wahlberg's kind of this rogue cop. Yeah. And they yeah, they and then they establish a friendship. They come to this. like kind of Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you That's know, good. yeah. So there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of turmoil between them. We can't too. give away too much right now either. There's going to be some twists and turns. It's just a it's just a brain right. a brainstorming yeah. session, really. This, this is just one kind of, of them's one idea. of them's definitely going to sleep with Cynthia or Michelle, <laughs> whatever her name is. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. We got who are we going to get for that? I'm thinking a real like a, a real nice Latina. Juliet. No, we we need Juliet Lewis to play Cynthia. You think so? I was thinking like Rosie Perez, Jamie Presley. Can we get Jamie Presley? We can get Jamie Presley. I bet she's she could play a good like kind of crackhead. The casting, bitch. you know, is gonna it's gonna take a while for for some of the supporting characters, right? I think you know we, we'll have to audition a lot of people. Yeah, Benicio del Toro would definitely be the drug lord in the cop. Oh, compound. definitely. Yeah, definitely for sure. Where's the pedal steel? <laughs> <laughs> it could be like a whole other thing a whole other storyline going on with this mexican drug lord and why he 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 got some low-level people to steal the shit you know right, right. it was it was really his plan all along to start a country band yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> for the upright bass and the pedal steel to show up there like he he organized this whole thing and and he was probably w- all right so he's waiting for Dwight and Marky Mark to show up, right? right? But Marky, but but Dwight's not going to come because Dwight, it, somewhere along the line, gets like mildly injured and is in the hospital. So or Marky maybe they Mark they get into a fight and they split up. One of those. So Marky Mark has to go up, just like it was in there with Cynthia, right? Who Mark, who who Dwight slept with, but. Benicio's there and they're talking to Benicio and there's and, a Mexican standoff and shit's about to go down and then Dwight comes in because you think Dwight maybe died earlier in the movie right like trying to save his band's gear yeah but then he comes back at the very end bam pops Benicio and 
that girl, whatever her name is. Two yeah. shots. Yeah. Pow, pow. Yeah. Yeah, Cynthia, like... Well, maybe he takes her for his wife. Well, no, I think it's... She's... No, she's, she's, she ends up dead. Yeah, All hookers she's and crackheads end up dead. Right, and she's in on it with uh, Benicio. She's really working for him. So. Right, exactly. She takes him there, but she calls Benicio first and tells him, hey, I got this motherfucking cop coming. And so he's... And they're like, get the, get the body bag ready and, you know, dig the hole or whatever. And so they take him around to the barn and he sees the stuff. And then all of a sudden he has a big heap of a whole passel of people back yeah, there. Yeah. Just with, you know, with with guns and you and but but Marky Mark, he pulls out just, you know, under his coat, he's got just shit tons of he's guns. Strapped, he's yeah. just strapped down to right. the max. Yeah. To the max stalling. Yeah. Oh man. There we go. There's, a, there's a title for the action film. Yeah. To the Max Stalling. Yeah. The Max Stalling Stolen Gear Story. Or just to the Max. That's it. To yeah. the Max. The, the Max, Max Stalling Story. <laughs> <laughs> this Man. is great. This is great. All right, we're going to start pitching these ideas tomorrow to our Hollywood people that we know. And this right. Is, this is going to be big, folks. Look for this uh, in a couple of years. Yeah. We're going to need a, a song of the week. Oh, yeah. I've been, I kind of have a a uh, fascination with this uh, Mungo Jerry song, In the Summertime. Do you know what song I'm talking about? Mm-mm. You punch it up on uh, on YouTube. Not going to happen. Well, <laughs> hey, you know what? Honestly, like honestly, though, we had a request for song of the week. Yeah, the, right. Okay, so that was uh, Dave. Dave uh, Martinez, we on the Facebook requested the song of the week. And it is... What does the Dave Martinez want to hear? He wants to hear... Hold on. This is exciting. Mo- you know, we get hundreds of emails every day. And, mostly uh, spam. Most of it's spam, but... <laughs> but uh, most of it will enlarge your penis. Yeah, a lot of it's about boner pills. But, but uh, every now and then, we get emails from people like, how come your phone number doesn't work? Yeah. You know, or like, uh, why don't you have so-and-so on the podcast or something? But here's a good one about... A request for a song of the week. What, yeah. what is it? David Ramirez, Find the Light. Should we give it a listen? I think so. I mean, hey, you know, it's, it's because of people like Dave Martinez, our listeners, our loyal listeners, that we're able to do this. So That's right. So we might as well, you know. Let's do it. Let's check it out. Yeah. I wish upon you peace. I wish upon you grace. Wish for less of what you want and more of what you need. I wish upon you an old life with a heart that stays young. But most of all, I wish upon you love. I wish upon you truth when all you feel is doubt. I hope you know that an open mind still knows when to shut things out. I wish upon 
upon you a brave heart that will always rise above the most of all that we Awesome. Yeah, that goes right along with what we were talking about. They found the light, and the light happened to be in a compound. In a correct and They had compound. to go in the darkness to find the light. Yeah, that that was a uh, beautiful song. Yeah, really beautiful. good. I, I'd never listened to David Ramirez before, but he was really awesome. He was really awesome. So um, was that a studio version, or was that him playing it or something? I think he was actually playing that. That's on his website okay well maybe we can find the studio version of sure. it. that was beautiful though but it if was not really that, nice. would, that would totally do it yeah um thanks to dave martinez right the dave yeah 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 for the dave martinez for uh suggesting that that's a great suggestion yeah it was a great suggestion and also i think we should keep that in mind for the movie as well to, for at the end right you know yeah. what i mean when the I credits roll it's gonna oh, fit man. perfectly in the movie yeah hopefully we'll see the dave martinez yeah. uh we're going to love Friday. it on Friday, so hopefully we'll see you there. Dave, come up and uh, introduce yourself to me, Grady Sandlin. I have not met you before, I do not think. All right, hopefully we'll see all of you folks this weekend at our shows, and uh, if not, have a good time. See, we'll tune in next week. We've got a lot of exciting stuff planned. It's going to be a big show. Fucking crazy. 51st, uh, 51st show. Right, that's where they really start getting good. Yeah. Like a rebirth. Yeah. It is like a rebirth. Yeah, it's going to be off the hook it'll be a it'll be an incredible story all, all right, right boys well, see y'all later thank you
Our producer, James the Robot, technical engineer, Nikola Tesla, and your host, Starfire on the Mountain and Charlie Shafter. This has been another episode of You Can't See Us. <laughs> <laughs>